Cam, Dylan, let me guess. Large soda, large popcorn? Yeah, you know it. Would you like butter on that? Yeah, extra butter. Extra Butter Podcast. We'll get into it. It was, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll get into it. Because I'm sure everything I'm about to say, you'll be like, actually, well, actually. I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> nah, it's all good, man. You got to, you know? I can't do it. Uh, anyway, it's been a minute since I've said this. We are live. <clears throat> Welcome to Extra Buddy, your podcast for great conversation and great movies. This is Cam. This is Dylan. And we are, it's been a minute since we've, we've been a hot one turn these mics on bro we've got a lot going on i've had a wedding yeah i was gonna say we haven't actually recorded since then yeah yeah it was a it was a hype wedding y'all missed yeah it. a lot a lot went down we had, I had a wedding dylan was one of the best men um mm. damn bro dylan was sick got yep. back healthy again we've seen yeah a lot has happened a lot has happened but we're godzilla. here godzilla year minus one minus one minus one minus so one good, but dude. the film was like plus five son <laughs> bro i was so jealous of andy like right after we left that movie we were like oh what you I was like what you guys got going on tomorrow andy was like oh i'm gonna see like three movies tomorrow bro like, damn man I was... <laughs> i've definitely heard a lot more people lately doing like double features for stuff yeah. you know for films whatever but this man's out here doing triple features I'm like, like it's huh? nothing bro yeah and one of the triples is always like something that's two and a half three hours like bro. he's tacking on killers of the flower moon you know wow. and i'm just all i know hey. is that man better be hitting hitting up dining you know what i'm saying something you need a sandwich pre i'm saying you need that dining chicken bacon melt bro what was it called chicken. God, God, it was like a chicken bacon ranch something flatbread. Gotcha. I don't know. You know no, it was it Chipotle up. chicken. Chipotle chicken. For those that don't yeah. know, there is uh if you have an AMC theater near you that has dine-in, um, Dylan and I, you know this if you listen to the pod, uh used to work at AMC. And the AMC theater dine-in used to have this chicken chipotle melt, which is like Gosh. a flatbread, a flatbread like uh with like grilled chicken, bacon. I don't know, like a a, a melody oh. of cheeses, cheeses, you know, like, um, chipotle, chipotle sauce. ranch sauce, yeah, something like that, and Super then like good. pressed down, so it's like ooey and gooey on the inside, bro. We would we we would fight each other <laughs> for one of those sandwiches, bro. Easily though, I ate one like every day for months, bro. I uh, I used to work stock shifts back when I was like. On my way out, they asked me to do stock, and I think it's only the, the really the only reason why I was able to stay on so long because at that point I was working like two shifts a week, if that. But I always work stock every week, so I think because of that, they were like, "Well, Cam's here every Thursday morning, so we'll just let it rock until we get somebody else," you know. True. Um, but because of that, like especially like those days where uh, Mister Jacob would be like, ah, "You guys mind?" <laughs> staying on a little later we gotta you know whatever and whenever we'd stay late he'd always be like i'll make sure to get you guys something from dining and without fail i'd need that chipotle chicken melt mm. like I, you don't need to ask me what it is just have it ready by the time just i get out of here you know? have it on the grill bro i need it and it then dylan worked the in dining which means that he, he was on the conveyor belt making them joints or which at least overseeing it, it. 
It means I made it myself because I did not trust their cooking and cleanliness ability (laughs) on that kitchen. (laughs) You got a lot of faith when you go out to restaurants that like they're just keeping it 100 back there. And then you work at a restaurant and you're just like, holy fucking shit. Like, where's the gloves? Where's the hand washing? That's a good point, my brother. Where's the, where's the temperature safety danger zone? I <laughs> I mean, like, as a person that worked in the dining theater, would you eat there again? Or is no. it like, really? I would have that sandwich again, though. <laughs> what about the sandwich? Is it just it's so good that you're willing to risk it was the, the salmonella It was like the poison? only area that looked cool enough for me and clean enough that I was like, good. Any of the other areas that had, like, raw meats that were cooked, I was like, mm-hmm, no. <laughs> mm, okay, I got it. Chipotle it. chicken melt. Here, here's the ingredients. Yeah, whip it. Whip One thousand three hundred seventy calories. By the way, we oh, would eat them. Are like you fucking serious? One thousand three hundred seventy. I ate it with a milkshake almost every time. <laughs> that shit was like four thousand calories. Yeah, like you were sh- definitely over the daily. Like a lot. Daily. That's like the dietary intake. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. My food pyramid was like all fucked up, bro. Sheesh, so what's in that? Yeah, a two thousand calorie daily diet is used as a basis for general nutrition. Um, so this is thirteen hundred of those. <laughs> uh, grilled chicken breast, applewood smoked bacon, cheddar Apple. jack, and chipotle mayo between a warm flatbread. Mm. And it was God's gift to to, to mankind. Thirteen hundred. Hold on, I'm gonna when we uh I want to get like a picture up so we can just reminisce on the good times because <laughs> it was so damn oh yeah there it is right there bro what hold a on picture. what a hold picture on, hold on what hold a picture on, on the Instagram hold on hold on hold on we need it there it the is people bro. need to know here it is I'm bro. advertising here, here it, is. it is oh my god and all its glory like it, oh man where'd it go like it never left oh, oh man what dude. the hell is that beside it oh fries oh, fries yeah fries F them fries this girl on tiktok eating it bro <laughs> we need to be on tiktok for both that's what i'm saying yeah this is the last time i went to go see a movie with uh andy i had one of these and it was just as good as i remember bro like Gosh. it like oh it was so damn good bro now we're getting hungry out here i'm saying it's uh 9 p.m our time and i would definitely go see a movie right now just <laughs> right get, about now I, and that's what i'm saying like i'm willing to go to disney springs to see a shitty movie just so i can eat that sandwich yeah i'm willing to go right now and i work at like 6 a.m right know. i'm not yeah. even uh <laughs> it's you know like it's it, the reason why i want to see a shitty movie is because i don't really want to focus on a movie i want to focus no. on the dining experience I want the big milkshake with the unreasonably large Oreo on it. The brownie, the, the full br- ice cream oh, sandwich, the full just ice cream sandwich, teetering bro. on the lid, just like rocking back and forth. You know what I mean? This this thing is so impractical. I don't know how the hell I'm going to drink all this. Mm-hmm. Like you said, probably a fourteen thousand dollar or fourteen thousand calorie milkshake. Um, oh, yeah, damn! Now yeah, I'm curious how much that milkshake is. And I just want to know. It's big, bro. It's a lot. No, like how many calories? Oh shoot, it's bad. Uh, it's bad <laughs> yeah here it is which one did you get i don't even remember at this point so if you were getting the double decker oreo shake good god that joint is 1590 calories i got the brownie one that's the one i remember the warm brownie sunday i don't I they don't it have was... the brownie milkshake oh anymore. it was a milkshake and they put a whole brownie on the lid now, so now they have a warm brownie Sunday, which is a thousand calories, chocolate mm-hmm. hazelnut churros, which is 
Churros. 900 calories for five, which isn't too, too bad. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Oreo shake, which is 1590. And then a double decker birthday cake shake, which is almost 1700 calories. Good God. Good yeah. Lord. Yeah. Again, right under that, a 2000 calorie diet is the basis for general nutrition. <laughs> <laughs> So if you had that one shake, you're 300 calories shy of what you should be having in a day. Obviously, everyone's different. So, you know, if you're bodybuilding, it's like 5,000. So, you know, yeah, but do your thing. But I, like that's. I, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Here it is. Uh, I didn't know there were more fucking shakes <laughs> under it. The one you got. Brownie. Yes, the brownie. 2060 yeah. calories. Oh, get the fuck out of here, bro. 2060 calories. Real vanilla ice cream paired with skewer chocolate brownie, Ghirardelli chocolate sauce, topped with chocolate sprinkles and whipped cream. That's bro, what you got, right? I had over 3,000 calories, and that was one meal. One meal, bro. So I have been breakfast, lunch. Yo, bro. I'm like that, boy. Hey, man. His metabolism was, was working overtime at Disney <laughs> Springs, bro. Oh, I was so fucking depressed. I was just, like, shutting down. <laughs> <laughs> fucking body was like, heal us now. This man's drinking 2,000 calories worth of sugar milk every day. Dylan, you good? Yeah. Just, yeah, you look, yeah, you come back and visit and they're like, oh, you look so much better. And I thought it was just because I wasn't angry. It turns out it was because I wasn't fucking juicing. <laughs> you're joining us today. I hope you learned a valuable lesson about calorie counting. Yeah, man. If you're, if you're worried about your calorie count. Milkshakes. Yeah. Maybe don't go to Disney Springs. Maybe don't. Or a dine-in. Yeah. A dine-in movie. Maybe just eat beforehand. Hit your local Panera Bread for a Did gourmet you... hospital meal. And then go over. <laughs> <laughs> and then go I'll see a movie, like bro. a $15 panini. <laughs> with a piece of romaine lettuce. Yeah. Good yeah gosh. Yeah. What movie are we talking about today, Dylan? Today. I what movie? To, Sorry. I want you to sip down. A two thousand dollar, two thousand calorie uh, milkshake while we watch nineteen sixty eight's finest, Planet of the Apes. What Hell was yeah, supposed dude. to be for No Shave November, but uh, things got a little wacky. As yeah, we said, dude. we were busy, but I won't let it go because I got a lot of love for these apes, bro. It's so funny in the last episode because I knew I was dropping it at the end of November. I had dude. to do the best I could to cut out as much No Shave. Remember, because we talked about like, bro, no shape member about to be crazy, about to be lit. Yo. Then we dropped yeah. one movie, but yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, about bro, to be popping. I, I apologize. I promise year. you guys, the end right. of this, uh, the end of the season, it. we got we got a banger coming. I'm super excited about it. Yeah, so we, we got stay you. Tuned. We got you. We got you. But yes, we are letting this one linger. We still got a Christmas movie and another series that. I would describe it as Christmassy, but you know, we do have a Christmas coming. Don't worry, we got November locked. But uh, Dylan was too excited to talk about these movies, or at least yeah. this pick. Go ahead, Dylan. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good, man. Yeah, we're we're basically kind of looking at the first of what is five Planet of the Apes movies that made up the original set, because we have a 2001 remake with Tim Burton that neither of us want to even mention. Although I did, so now I gotta <laughs> throw some salt over my shoulder. And then we have a, a beautiful mm. new trilogy, but we're going to talk about that a little later down Caesar the line. Caesar is home. home. <laughs> now! I'm like, damn! Yeah, that, he told I Draco Malfoy to get the Ooh. fuck off his property. I felt that no in my chest in Yo. the theater, bro. Ooh, bro. We're going to probably talk about that a little later down the line because yeah, in sure. March, there is another of a new set of apes movies coming which is what got me so hyped to do these ones but rolling the clock back 
1968. I'm talking pre-Star Wars. Mm. Pre-Star Wars. And this is the uh, the making of Star Wars is always fascinating. And I love to learn about it. And I love to tell about it because it's hugely influential in uh, changing a lot of the Hollywood system post the yeah. uh, studio system that was king in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. But this movie has a very similar making of story in certain ways to Star Wars because it too is another high concept sci-fi film made in a time where studios would not make these kind of properties because they would be too expensive and they said nah we're not gambling yep so planet of the apes is based off a book by frenchman pierre you know all good frenchmen are named pierre (laughs) they all make good house music daft punk you know that's so true dude you think you think daft punk was anything but french no no, thank you. They ever guys... reveal what those guys look like? The, there's photos and there's different things of them, but not like TMZ style. You know what I mean? There's sure. no like, there's no like Kardashian show for the Daft Punk. You know? There you go. They met your local Starbucks or something. Yeah, Daft got Punk it, behind the it. beat. Yeah, and they're just like, oh my gosh, what's a Walmart? Mm-hmm. What's oh wait, a they're Walmart? they're French. Wee 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 But yes, the idea was uh, by Pierre bull i forget how to say his last name he's mm-hmm. author of two famous actual hollywood adaptations bridge on the river Kwai and planet of the apes which he considered like not that great which is kind of hilarious although the book is very different uh he got the idea by watching apes in the zoo and thinking of how human like they were i guess and then kind of ran with it sure. the original novel is very different though because their society is very sophisticated I'm talking like, you know, full-on cars, everything. Yeah, future, very futuristic. Very yeah. futuristic. So, obviously, when they went to shop around the idea in the 60s, there was a lot of hell no's for years and years to try and get this made because no one would make the script, although the script sounded cool. Right. The initial draft is by Rod Serling, my favorite. Mm. Creator of Where's the Rod from? Twilight Zone, boy. Mm-hmm motherfucking twilight zone but his mm. script followed a little along the book and which was like a futuristic society so obviously the budget don't play so when yeah. he finally stepped down after doing like a bajillion rewrites they went with a budget friendly you know a little bit primitive society but still with upscale apes. primitive yeah I would upscale kind of yeah. yeah they were doing surgery and doctor s things but they still didn't have like engines and cars and exactly. and different things like that but yeah. I absolutely love this movie. I'm not even sure. I was thinking, I was trying to think of the first time I had seen it. It might have been at my grandfather's house mm. on this beautiful VHS right here. Ooh. Oh my gosh. You no, know I gotta have the VHS. You know, I gotta have it. I don't know. Cam, do you remember if you first time you saw it? Because I said you said your dad was a fan of it. Yeah, yeah. So the first time I saw it uh, was in my basement of my home. My dad was a, I don't know. If, Maybe his mom as well was a big fan, um, but obviously he was a kid when this came out, and I just remember like going downstairs and being very like, like these apes look creepy to me, like the way that the you know faces look, and then uh, really just being interested with the story, like not really understanding a what was going on, and then you kind of like as I've gotten older and I've rewatched the film. Um, especially like, again, like, I don't want to get into the end just yet. Cause the ending of the movie to me is like, how do I put this into words? The watching this movie 
and like if you've never seen the original 1968 planet of the apes i need you to like tunnel vision your way to a tv screen and watch it like try your best not to have anything spoiled because even like the vhs or i remember the dvd cover like has a spoiler yeah. on it you yeah. know what i mean and i i kind of like the fact that the movie uh because when you watch it multiple times um you'll have this like re-watching experience of like you know things now and you may in turn like be like well this doesn't make this this doesn't make sense but the movie always finds a way to be like it's like watching a magician right he does mm -hmm. a really cool magic trick and obviously looking at the magic trick a trillion times you'll find like oh that's how he did this oh that doesn't really make oh whatever but like the magic trick's still cool to you and that's what this movie is to me it's like a really cool magic trick that like i'm always impressed by every time i see it if that makes any sense you know yeah it's hard for classic films like that that have these infamous scenes or twists kind of like you know empire strikes back because that's even when you psycho have seen, like the, yeah. these movies that have been around forever it's you like you haven't the, you know the newer generation hasn't even seen these movies but they know that particular twist or ending right already so it's hard to be like oh yeah watch the movie now because they're like nah i got it <laughs> exactly i, I think that's TikTok. i think that's why again if you if you have if you do know the ending i think that's why the tim burton one is so laughably bad oh, it's fucking bad it's so because this one is so good and there's like this we'll get to it but like we'll get to it there, there's this like juxtapose of like what um oh my god charles heston is going through as an actor like he has to portray like multiple emotions in that moment and seeing mark Wahlberg do it is like all right <laughs> All right, I don't want to see Marky Mark. on this freaking planet. <laughs> Yo, that's fucking too good, man. You know I what I mean? That. Is that yeah. Ape Lincoln? What? <laughs> Gosh, I'm just shuddering if they made something akin to that, but like with today's actors, you know? <laughs> Who would be the equivalent of like an actor you would not want to see? Let's say like the Tim Burton one didn't exist. Let's say the Andy yeah. Circus one didn't exist. Yeah. And they're remaking this and they're and they're and Bro, they're having to recast Charles Heston's character. Yeah. Because like Chris Pratt would crash land. <laughs> and then like he'd round the corner and the first big gorilla dude they see would be played by Dwayne Johnson, the rock. Wow. And then like he'd have a smaller a buddy that's Kevin fucking Hart. Kevin Hart. <laughs> I was thinking of being disrespected by the gorillas because he's playing a chimp instead, right. you know? Josh Dad like, plays the doctor like, chimp. Get the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> I know you didn't just say Josh Gad, dude. Fucking Josh Gad, bro. And then, of course, you know, we got to pick whatever local fucking R&B artist, pop artist has to yeah. cameo in it for no fucking reason. Uh -huh. Come oh, on, he's gosh. in it for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody, yeah. <laughs> Is that fucking 21 Savage and he's playing one of the savages? <laughs> That might Metro Boomin's like a <laughs> ape with dreads for no reason. <laughs> he doesn't care about the humans. He's just, I like the wearing humans, a bandana. Bro. Hey, bro, we just vibing out here, man. He comes out his hut and there's just fucking smoke, smoke everywhere. What are you doing with these humans? Nah, they're helping me, bro. Nah, they rolling. They rolling for me. Come on, man. They got opposable <laughs> thumbs. Let's come on. <laughs> we don't got those. Come I can't on, roll man. without them. Come on, man. Fucking Snoop. And Martha Stewart as apes, as like a couple, like an <laughs> ape couple. Yeah, 
That's so she's, good. She's dude. just like house sitting and like kneading fucking bread with her eight pans. Oh my god, dude. Uh, we got off topic, but I love it. Yeah, I love it. That's dude. too good. Uh, anyways, like always, we'll spoil these things as we go through them because yeah, for sure. If you haven't seen it by now, we know you're gonna stop and watch it. Yeah. But Easy. anywho, yeah. Uh, Planet of the Apes main star Charlton Heston, huge star. If you don't know him, your grandfather knows him. I'm Absolutely. talking. Uh, I'm talking Academy Awards for like Ben Hur. Talking Ten Commandments, Soylent Green, etc. He plays um, Taylor. He's part of a bunch of astronauts that dip out from Earth on a mission where they basically never return. They return like a thousand plus years into the future. They're going way out, interstellar style, to come back way later. Mm. And he plays a man that just is doesn't really like humanity and people and is sick of everything that has gone on with them, which attracted him to the role. And originally he had different co-stars, but they couldn't handle like the makeup. Because mm. there was a famous co-star with him, Edward G. Robinson, super famous for his uh like gangster pictures, all these black and white films, etc. But he mm. had grown he'd got a little too old, had a heart condition and didn't want to do the makeup, which was like <clears> a fucking five hour process. Can only imagine. Which is one of the most impressive things about this film, that it still looks cool as shit to me. Exactly. And there's background apes that obviously have, like, just plain mask. And then there's, you know, obviously hero ones that are a little better. Mm -hmm. But I still think it's just the style of how they look looks cooler to me than the actual, like, believability of it. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Like it, yeah, I it's see what you're nothing. Saying. It's nothing about it that I think needed to look authentic. I just think it needed to have a style that works. Right. At is, the time, I'm sure it was very authentic. I'm sure people were like, yeah. "Whoa," you know. But yeah, like you said, now it's just more creatively cool. Like how yeah. they pulled it off. Yeah. It's such a distinctive style because when you watch Burton's thing, it has more of like a closer look to an actual ape or gorilla. Yeah. And then obviously, when they make the jump in the newer, newer films to oh our God, CGI dude. days. They're basically just having the whole gorilla body and they're doing motion capture. And it's that opening beautiful. scene of war where Bro, it's like stop. the rain and fucking seat like that scene is yeah. like when they're hunting and, and dawn. Yes. Yeah, oh dawn. That's what it's dawn. And yeah, then that that's the opera in the background. Dude. Nuts. Scary, scary shit. Nuts. Yeah. But this one, it's more to me about. Yeah, it's, a, it's like a stylistic choice, and it's something that they spent a lot of money to get, and it was one of their biggest hurdles because they wouldn't approve the budget of it unless they knew that the makeup could work. Because if right. they're, they're like, I'm not green lighting shit and giving you $30 million unless I know that the makeup works. So they spent money and time to get a makeup, which you can YouTube the early makeup tests. They're pretty fascinating because you could see like the evolution of it. Yeah, But at the time, it was the same problems that Lucas faced. These companies cleaned house on a lot of special effects and makeups and things like that. They went away from films like that. They went to films that were like detective, gritty pieces, real pieces, low budgeted pieces. They weren't trying to make big blockbuster musicals and shit anymore because they took a hit and a loss on a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So they had their head of makeup do it. And then eventually they um, they hired a guy who became like super famous for it. Um, John Chambers who got an honorary award for how good the fucking makeup came out that year at the academy awards i think it was like pre them even having a makeup award that's why they gave him it mm -hmm. um 
yeah, spent all this time refining it, had to teach all these other people, brought in all these other people from different places. Like there was a shortage of makeup people because they were all working on apes and produced like one of the coolest shit because there's no denying. Yeah, the first time you see the apes when they're trying to wrangle all the fucking uh, savages through the cornfield and, you know, whatnot, it's yeah. really visually striking as hell. 100%. Um, yeah, so do you want to go through the, the plot of the movie? Like, what what is this movie about? For those that have never seen it, like a quick synopsis. So Taylor's spaceship crew go out way, way, way out, and they're supposed to be gone for a long-ass time, and I believe eventually kind of return to Earth, and they crash land on some mystery planet they cannot figure out. Right. And after kind of going through and trying to find, you know, plants and water... They decide to go skinny dipping. Him and the boys decide to put a little carrots in the uh, crock pot. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of Charlton Hedges' ass in this film. I don't know if you're in for it, but mm. it's in there. If your grandma they, if they, was. If they, your grandmother was like, you know, I'll slap those buns on the grill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, some some uh, caveman savage humans or humanoids that cannot speak steal their clothes and eventually leads them to a field where they're eating the fucking corn and shit and then apes come out of nowhere on horseback turns out there's an ape society that rules over humans and keeps humans as like slaves and pets and such and uh they also speak english and they speak very fluent english very fluent english and it's up to taylor to kind of figure out what the hell is going on where he is and um how to survive because he reveals that he can speak and so he's seen as a weird anomaly because yeah, originally like he speak. has a throat injury right like something yeah, he gets sh- he uh he gets shot at a distance and it just yeah. like clips across his throat so he can't speak and I, that as a kid i remember so vividly like <clears throat> you see that scene where he gets captured he can't speak again because um because for for uh, what dylan was alluding to is like there are other humans yeah. They just can't speak. Yeah. So like it's almost like the reverse of like what you would see now with like we're we're keeping apes captive and they can't speak, right? So it's the a- opposite thing and he can and he's getting like bullied and whipped and you're as an audience member watching this knowing that he can speak. And then he has that famous line where he finally does is able to regain his voice and he's like, "Get your damn paws off me, you <laughs> filthy ape." And I remember as a kid being like Hell, it was like standing up to a bully or something. Yeah. You know, like you're like, yeah, fuck yeah. you too. Or whatever, you know, <laughs> stop um, touching my boy. Stop touching my boy. He's he's, a, he's a, he can talk. And then like the movie is like them kind of coming to the realization that he's like an anomaly. Like, mm-hmm. why can he speak? You know, the same way we would be if an ape was just like, get your fucking hands off me, you <laughs> criminal or whatever. Yeah. We'd be like, whoa, you know. Just little um, kids going to Animal Kingdom, and he was like, "Hey, stop taking pictures of me! I'm trying to take a shit right I'm trying now." To take a shit, my guy. I'm about to throw it at you if you keep playing. <laughs> but like, and I think that was the beauty of the uh, circus ones is when he speaks. When the ape speaks, it's like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. You know, like it. There is something like I. It. It's. It's. It's cool to see because you see like. Draco Malfoy abusing the fuck out of these apes and you're like yeah fuck you Draco like you're still a bitch but then <laughs> still there's a bitch. you've always been a bitch bro you, you were born a bitch but um, there's also that fear of like if an ape did that to me I'd be like oh, I'm gonna die <laughs> it's so much that goes I love that scene so much and because of that this uh, this movie does such a fantastic job of like 
I think Charles 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 Heston does like such a great job of like acting. I think it's like if if I'm sure a lot of actors that do study older films do watch this movie for like he's acting his ass off in this in oh, this yeah. movie, dude. You know, like it's really cool to see. You know, yeah, it's it's gotta be. It's a huge testament to that makeup because they're able to find a way to put all this heavy ass prosthetic on people, but then the actors have pushed themselves to like accentuate their movements so much that like you could see it move while they're talking and i feel like that's um that's what makes it so much easier for him is he has something tangible to look at that's actually working and it's not just like blank you know it's what makes that mocap so special because instead of just having a cg thing and you're reacting to the tennis ball it's like nah, like that's a real performer with you and he looks funky because he's got all this apparatus on him, but at least, like, it's a real dude you're going to actually be looking at or a woman, so you can actually react to, like, their reactions. 100%. Yeah. But, yeah, this this um, this um movie has probably one of the most famous endings in Hollywood, if you're going to put together, like, a top. Ooh, we're getting there. We're getting a there. A top, Hell like, yeah. 50 list. The ending was by Rod, which makes so much sense to me. Yeah, when you learn that fact, because Bro, it's, it's definitely like a Twilight Zone ending. I, like I swear to God, in. if you cut this movie to like thirty minutes and it's, just throw a black an and white filter on it, it's a Twilight. Yeah. It's a Twilight Zone episode. A hundred percent, just a yeah. better budgeted, longer Twilight episode. Hundred percent. That's that's one of my favorite things about it. Is it's, it's perfect. There's uh, in the later sequels, it's not as subtle, but there's so much of what made the Twilight Zone in this film. There's a lot of subtleties about like racism and class division and you know dangers of war and um warnings of like power and nuclear powers and all a lot of metaphors stuff. here yeah and it's expertly written in and woven in to not be so overhanded so it it's definitely like a testament to you know yeah like you said it's it's definitely a great example of a longer twilight zone episode mm-hmm. but the ending for people who haven't seen it is that once uh charlton heston like gets away and does what he's gonna do he goes out in search of you know for answers and he wanders out into this forbidden zone that the apes don't cross over into don't go that far away right and on the beach he finds the shattered of remains top half really of the statue of liberty and comes to the realization that he's been on earth this whole time a very future earth and that somehow civilization which he's been even though he hated and said he doesn't like at the beginning he's been stoutly defending now that he is like a you know a slave to these apes and now realizes nah these motherfuckers blew this planet up i'm pissed yeah exactly like i i that that scene alone is like he it's like he's act he's he's internalizing two different things he's internalizing because the whole time he's trying to get home right he doesn't know what planet he's on like he's like i don't know where the fuck i am i'm trying to i want to get back like fuck this i'm trying to whatever so he realizes he is home he is on earth and then there's the what have humans done like what happened here you know and seeing him internalize both emotions and then the fucking bang on the fucking beach and (laughs) you know yeah in the sand like (laughs) oh man dude like it's uh as a kid again like you watch that scene and you watch older movies uh and there's a lot of kids out there that would be like you know i'm not watching that stuff but i remember as a kid like understanding 
the gravity of what was happening. Like I was like, oh wow, okay. Like you know, it's it's a Statue of Liberty. He's been home the whole time. You know, it's you know, Bruce Willis was dead the entire film. <laughs> he was a ghost, know? baby. He exactly. was exactly. Um, and I think that's why now when I see uh, like VHS covers, DVD covers, where it's like in like the like Heston and Ape, and then the Statue of Liberty on the cover. It's the most frustrating thing to me because it's like, if I'm equivalenting it to Sixth Sense, it's like a picture of Robin Williams's face in front of a, a gravestone. Yeah, it's like you. If I've been, if I haven't seen the movie, why the fuck would you put that there? Like, what are we? Yeah, what are we doing? I, I'm sure again, it wasn't like that in, the, in when it came out, whatever. But like, just like give it a like, don't do that. Like, I don't like or like uh, Empire Strikes Back with like. Vader being there for Luke's birth or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you're not <laughs> supposed to Vader know Vader on the cover being like, I'm your dad. Yeah. yeah, right. Like holding a young Luke or something. Like, you're not supposed to know this shit, man. Like, <laughs> Vader, <laughs> you are the father. Yeah. He's just, he's just <laughs> booking it fucking through the halls fucking, with the cameraman. It's fucking, yeah, it's Vader yeah. like in upset with Maury Povich in the background. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's got Maury Povich's head on a fucking, in his hand, he just chopped it off with a lightsaber. Exactly, dude. Like, I don't, I don't understand it. Cause again, it, it is such a powerful and cool, uh, twist. Um, that again, like, I, I, I hope that if you haven't seen this, you've skipped all this and you've just gone and watched it. I promise you it's worth your time. Um, but yeah, that, that twist, it caught me off guard as a kid. I didn't know that that was going to happen. Like you've said, now there's been, there's so much internet and, and stuff that I'm sure kids probably know it already or, um, teenagers or whatever probably know the twist would be like oh is that the one with the Statue of Liberty thing like you know yeah not even seen the movie uh, but if you haven't please you know it's a heavy ending too because mm-hmm. there's no resolution beyond it he literally finds That's the it. statue you come to the realization with him and then it just cuts yep and the the crazy thing is if they never actually picked it up from there it would have been insane because oh, it's just imagine. what does he do now like does he keep running away from all the apes? Because obviously if they find him again, they're going to just basically try to, you know, lobotomize him and kill him and, yep. you know, keep moving on with their society. In many ways, they were doing fine by themselves and him showing up shakes up what they have so much that it exactly. puts everyone in danger, yeah. even though he's just trying to live. Yeah. And it's just, it's a crazy film. And he's when they, the Miles Morales of this, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's the... He's the he doesn't belong. No, he don't belong in these parts. He's on his horse on the beach, like, um, nah, I'm gonna do my nah. own thing. <laughs> Come on, see biscuit. Come on, let me get you. Some, let me get you some carrots. I'm gonna do my own thing. Meanwhile, he picked up what he, whatever he thought was like the hottest savage girl, and was like, hop on the back. She don't speak English, so he's just Not gotta be lick. like, let's go. She can't speak, Nova. But, she's, but she's attractive, and that's enough. Nick, nicknamed her horse. Nova, and. He, Come on, girl. <laughs> this was the, and that's what I'm saying. Like when I rewatch this movie, like there's parts of me that like wants to be like, okay, like how did he not know this? Mm-hmm. How did he like? Was he ever curious? Like why do these apes know English? Is there a moon out there at night? Is the moon like? Wh- there's so many things. Like how did he not know this was Earth? But again, because this movie does such a great job of just entrancing you in the story, like a magic trick, you're just kind of like it's fun to be fooled again if that mm-hmm. makes sense you know so and they come across different like weird stuff because of the like nuclear fallout that had happened over time I, there's some scenes where like 
it's like weird lightning and stuff like that when they're going through the forbidden zone i can't remember exactly yeah and then you know of course as is inevitable in hollywood that they wanted to come up with a sequel because the film was shot for pretty damn cheap they what was it yeah like a 5.8 million budget return on it the return on it was great because it's a 33 million box office so they were just like listen we could do this but the hilarious thing about the ape series is that even though each time it made money and the return was well they shrank their budget like every time so they were constantly looking for ways to like do the story differently or be cheaper but each subsequent picture is different And that's why I think it's so cool about it is that they never tried to fully replicate what they did. They just tried to go with a different flavor. Yes. Because next we go to Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Only time I've ever had a series continue to use the piece of the name and I liked it. You ever go and it was like, oh, Twilight, the Breaking Dawn. Like they couldn't just call it. Yeah, they couldn't call it the name. They had to say the rest of it so that apparently people are sort of dumb that they can't get it you know what yeah. i mean you'd be like breaking dawn twilight saga like bro <laughs> this is the only time i've liked it when they've used moniker planet of the apes and just put additional things yeah and uh i'll, I'll go through these a little more briefer for people they could uh i definitely want you to discover it on your own but 100%. beneath the planet of the apes is basically the weirdest sequel i've ever seen <laughs> hands down because charlton didn't want to come back right and this is 1970 just, we're talking so like two years later after yeah, that, so yeah. it was a real quick turnaround so charlton yeah. basically says i ain't coming back and they say oh uh, uh, oh come on bro and he said duh if i come back i'm i'm dying i'm in the first like five minutes and i'm out and mm-hmm. they're like bet they work out a different kind of story where he kind of appears disappears and then comes back and it works weirdly okay for me mm-hmm. like it didn't bother me but the story basically follows a whole second set of astronauts that came looking for them because they disappeared into whatever kind of thing to end up in this future Earth. And they also kind of land there. And it's kind of bad because it's almost like Charlton Heston's like younger, hotter cousin replaces him. <laughs> and it's just like another blonde haired white guy that's like ripped and spends half the movie like running around looking for, you know, Charlton. Oh, James France. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the picture here, he looks like he really does. He goes steal your grandma for show. Yeah, for he show. goes. They basically do a quick repeat of the first movie, where like he's there, he goes there, he finds the city, he finds the particular uh, husband and wife uh, couple that help out Charlton, and then eventually he finds Charlton Heston, and he finds out that like deeper into the Forbidden Zone, because the Statue of Liberty was there, it was actually New York. They go underneath, find all this New York shit. They find humans, but mutated humans of the future that now have like telekinesis powers and shit, worshiping an atomic bomb. I don't know, bro, but I can't go to that church. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't sitting in that congregation, bro. Yeah. I'm not singing songs to an A-bomb. Nope. And it's it's so weird. I don't know. Extremely weird. Yeah, it's... uh... This is the the other one I watched because I didn't get a chance to watch the other ones of the trilogy. But yeah, I just this is the one that I, I like. I know I've seen it before, but it's been so long. I've seen the sixty eight one multiple times, mm-hmm. but I just was rewatching it. Like, bro, this one's fucking odd, dude. I love it. 
Yeah. It's so <laughs> weird, but I love it so it's much. so weird, dude. Each time it becomes cooler to me. Sure, okay. It's a blast through the rest of it, literally. They The apes basically start a war and mm. find out the rest of these whatever humans are there. There's a big, broad anti-war message that's not as subtle as the first time. The writing is not as good. No. And the movie basically ends Aren't, with Isn't the, someone telepathic in it? Yeah, all the mutants oh, underground yeah. are, are telepathic, and they just spend a while like going, yeah, like, exactly, yeah. showing prim- showing images and controlling them with their mind with yeah. a really loud screeching noise. Yes, the movie basically ends with the bomb going off that Charlton Heston is shot, bleeding to death, and he is like f everything, and he slaps a big red button. And then a random like narrator comes on and is just like, the world is gone forever. And that's it. Like, that's the fucking <laughs> end of the series. And the first time I saw that shit on VHS TV or whatever, I was like, what the fuck? The movie's done? It's over? <laughs> like, that's the ending? Like, it's yeah. just everybody got like fucking Rogue One. Like, everyone died and the dude said that's it. Yo said Rogue One. That's wild. And I have learned to love it so much because I was like, dude, Charlton literally said, bro, I'll press the death button and just blow us all up. And that's how yeah. the movie ends. And they're like, you know what? That sounds fucking great. That sounds amazing. Let's, let's spend four million on that. You... And it's good. I have no idea why I love it. Hey, bro, you played Moses. You can do whatever you want. You can do whatever he wants, man. You can man. do whatever you want, bro. And the fascinating oh, thing is, again, if it just ended there, I still would have been like, that's cool. But they said, nay, nay. Nah. We need another. We need another one. Dude. We need another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when the series becomes a bottle episode. And they were like, man, we need to really save money and not do all this makeup and shit. But we need more apes. <laughs> so they, they, and again, it becomes an entirely different movie with Escape from the Planet of the Apes. Escape. Escape Meet is all about. Milo, who has Washington terrified, escaped from the Planet of the Apes. The thing I didn't talk about yet was the husband and wife. The husband yeah. and wife chimpanzee couple, Cornelius and Zira, are like two of my favorite uh like movie characters of all time. I absolutely oh, wow, fucking dude. adore the I have no idea like why they're not talked about more. Sure. Uh they're both chimpanzees and both scientists, but the actors who play them have such good chemistry. You hundred percent believe they're like a legit real married couple. Yeah. And they're in three of the films as Kim a, Hunter as a and, couple uh... together. And uh Roddy McDowell. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Roddy himself basically became the poster face of Planet of the Apes. He is in every single film except the second one, the Beneath, because he was busy and they literally put a, a mask on a different actor and I never fucking knew. Wow. But even after the whole series was done and they did a cartoon, he was the voice and character and then when they did a live action TV show, because they were milking these apes, even though I don't think you can milk an ape, uh, he was on the TV show as well. <laughs> when did he pass? Is he still alive? Sure. No, yeah, he, he is. Oh, no, he died in 1998. I'm about to say, if he was still alive, he'd be in the circus ones for sure. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. He's, a de- he's a definite legend, and he definitely became the face. Whenever you, I guarantee if you, if anyone like right now goes and looks up like Planet of the Ape shit, the first like pretty much ape they're going to show is, is him is him and his character. But 
basically escape from the planet of the apes is oh uh cornelius zero Wait, and when does he become ape. caesar oh uh well okay oh, my bad, my bad, my oh bad. buckle your mother buckle okay. your motherfucking seat belts can okay. you gonna all love right. this all right so basically the two of them and another uh scientist take the ship that the younger hotter charlton came on mm-hmm. and somehow like retrofit it and take off okay. and escape the planet exploding and go back in time to earth and they basically the whole movie is more or less like a comedy for like three quarters of the movie what it's just that it's just the husband and wife going around and America loving them, going out shopping and shit, them figuring out nice. what alcohol is. And then it's as depressing apes. as fuck. Yeah, as the okay. apes. So they saved on a budget because they had like two apes, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And then they just went around L.A. So they stayed in town. So it's to me, it's a bottle episode. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it gets depressing as fuck because they have a baby. And the baby's name is Caesar. Mm. and they get killed because then the government's like oh no like the secret's out in the future we're enslaved we gotta kill these apes now and they're killed but their baby gets away Ricardo Monteblanc aka the the grandfather from Spy Kids saves him wow for all the for all the millennials who, all millennials who don't know where, who don't know Ricardo Monteblanc is uh from Star Trek or uh fantasy island they'll know him as <laughs> as junie junie's grandfather <laughs> love to see it oh shit i just remember it, that, that rod crazy. was in a fucking a, a bug's life who was in the bug's life roddy mcdowell he was yeah he was in a bug's life bro. he plays like a thespian bug like an actor bug you know how fucking afraid austin is of that bug's life show at animal kingdom oh really why yeah because the bugs ran under your ass Oh yeah, and then and you get stung by a bee, and it like pokes yeah. you in the back. Yeah, he was so fucking traumatized. He was like bawling his eyes out because then the stink bug gets you. Or oh, it's not; it's yeah. dead, right? They it's killed dead. that show, yeah. right? The what show's the over. They... Yeah, they have, they don't have it anymore. What they put in there? I don't know. I have no idea. Did they replace uh, it? Let's see. Bugs Life. It's tough to be a bug. I'm pretty sure it's gone. I, I for some reason I thought they replaced it with some other show that like utilized that like 4D shiz, you know what I mean? Oh shit, never mind. It's still it's going. Still going. Bro. Yeah. Shout out to them to still hold on to a very old Pixar property. Kind of reminds me of a uh, Universal holding on to ET. Love it, yeah. man. I yeah. fucking love it so oh, much. Oh, by the way, I wanted to do a little game with you, dude. A game. So this is not about uh Planet of the Apes, but um I wanted you to do a blind ranking for me. A blind ranking. Yeah, a blind ranking. So I'm gonna throw at you just because I thought about Spielberg. Mm. I'm gonna throw at you five Steven Spielberg movies and you have to blind rank them five to one. Oh my gosh. So you don't know what movie I'm gonna say. Okay. And you have to throw it at a number. Like really quickly? well just i mean i don't it doesn't have to be like in a second or something but okay like i give you a movie name and then you have to be like okay this goes at four but you can't change them after you place them why am i so nervous all right all right all right you ready for it yes let me look at some movies let me look at some movies 
All right. <clears throat> All right. Let's go with let's go with ET. Oh. One through five. 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 ET e five? ET is good, but I don't know if I'm the right Bro, you don't know what other movies I'm gonna say though. I five? still say five because it's good and the cinematography is really good looking, but it's one of those things that like I don't think I was the right time or age or something to consider it as like closely classic in my heart you know what i mean sure okay fair like, enough, it's fair enough. not as big to me as it is to other people all right fair enough let's go the color purple mm. fuck <laughs> damn it i can't change it now uh, you can't change uh, it like, all i can do is put it as all i can do is put it as four but it's okay oh my life all right, put it at number four. Sorry, you, ET. Uh, Lincoln. Oh, because I don't know what you're gonna do for the. I'm gonna put three. It's a it's it'll a solid three. I can't put it any higher because I don't know the other ones. But Lincoln, I really have to do recommend that for people because that's another Daniel Day Lewis who just becomes absolutely imperceivable as Daniel and just becomes effing Lincoln. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big like. I'm a big fan of that time period in Western Civil War, and it'll lead you to other films about Lincoln. So watch it, people. All right. Okay. So you got, okay, 543 already. Schindler's List. Damn, that's difficult. That is so difficult because Schindler to me isn't listable. If that mm. makes sense. Sure. Schindler's List to me is a required viewing movie for everybody on the planet got you because it is such a important story and it's so impactful and just sad and everything yeah that you probably will only ever watch it once in your life because it's not something you're just popping in from netflix all the time mm -hmm. but i never thought like i'm gonna put it on a list but i'll put it as two okay okay uh raiders <laughs> it's easy we'll put it as one it's my only spot left all right so then my last one jaws wait we didn't we already do five you did uh oh wait did you yeah that was five all right yeah well then yeah i thought you put one at three and you didn't put one at two oh you I didn't put, do, did you put one I at three schindler's at two and then three was lincoln that's right. Yeah. So yeah, you're done. I'm watering on myself. You're done. Damn. You never know. Yeah. Raiders. You did it. Uh, Jaws wasn't going to go higher than Raiders. Though. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Jaws was definitely going to go higher than some well, of the I other Well, I saw you Raiders then. Yeah. I thought I somebody had an extra one. And I was like, uh, I'm going to throw Jaws in here later and see what he does. That's a great game though. I like this. Right? It's hard because you don't know what you're going to get. That's when you put <laughs> ETF5. I was like, are you sure you want to put it that low? Like... <laughs> I didn't know you were gonna go to freaking <laughs> like deep in the in the list. I didn't know yeah, you were man, going. We could have gone. We could have gone anywhere, bro. Holy I was about crap. to throw in a catch me if you can. Stop, stop. <laughs> that's a decent movie too. It's a great that's, movie. That's yeah. a decent movie too. But damn, I didn't know it was going like that. Yep. You would have said like fucking. Uh, what is that one film? Ah, you would have said BFG. I was swung on you next time I saw you. Though. Uh -huh. <laughs> 
I was gonna throw it some some bad, but I was like, let me throw in like yeah. a pretty good one and see where he goes. Yeah. And when you threw ET at five, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> now he's screwed. Or or at least like now I have to throw in some ones that are like yeah, <laughs> like I think he would put lower than ET, but I don't know. Maybe you wouldn't. Maybe you would put Lincoln over ET. Maybe you would put uh like genuinely you would. No, I put ET before it. <laughs> It happens. Gotcha. There's too many elements about it that are just better. Too good, man. I just knew I couldn't throw you Jurassic Park or my, my I was gonna do Raiders second to last, but I was like, Jurassic Park, no matter when I say it, it's gonna be top two. So there's no way I don't think I could ever fucking pick. Yeah. If I had to pick between Jurassic and Raiders. Ah, don't make me have nightmares. <laughs> hey man. Don't Spielberg's make me. that Spielberg's that guy. But anyway, dude. Uh oh, and we got one more. We got a couple more movies to talk about, right? When it comes to Planet, right? We'll go we quick. Yeah, go ahead. Conquest is basically all about Caesar when he's grown up, but now we're in the future, and it's actually spooky because right now there's a dog uh, illness going around, like a respiratory. There illness. is, yeah, for real. Uh, the vets that have been going around for like two years now, or cases of it, and it's kind of spreading around. Your dog will be lethargic, sneezing, trouble breathing, and they they pretty much put them on like respirators and whatnot. And it's very resistant to their traditional remedies and antibiotics. So don't bring your pets around kennels and other pets. Only go to the vet when you need to update their shots and shit. Be careful, people. Yep. But in Conquest, the story is that there's a weird illness that knocks out all the world's dogs and cats. So, mm. like, people, rich people, etc., decide to uh, just use apes and gorillas and stuff as, like, servants and workers and pets. And Caesar, being the only ape that could actually speak, gets caught up in the middle of it. This conquest is basically the closest thing we have to Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Mm. So, basically telling you, like, how apes kind of started to rebel and then overthrow humans that's pretty much what conquest is so so roddy mcdowell gives birth to himself yes <laughs> got it and it's actually stupidly fascinating it has more <laughs> allegories to like uh slavery and freedom and free will and all these other choices and rebellion and war and yeah it's the closest to rise uh, okay. that you're gonna get as basically the apes kind of standing up for themselves. And then the last one that they did was battle. Yes. Battle's all about way in the future, closer to what Dawn is, where there's apes and humans trying to like coexist, but it's very difficult because you have pockets of like movie meat. posters yeah. wild. He's like holding a soldier above his arms. It, it's cool because it's more action oriented than they had been for a while. Especially because mm. three's a comedy and four is kind of like a burner thriller. But yeah. each one has their own flavor, their own budget. And I think that much like Rocky, I would never want to just stop at a certain film. I do the whole effing thing. Like when Got it's it. on TV, like I'm sitting my biscuit down and I'm watching like the marathon because they each have their own individual things. Yeah. And they're all unique in their own way. Funny, weirdly, action everything you could want got you i love them all right man that's my that's my that's my piece all right nice nice uh, it's again i always love when dylan picks these movies because it's 
this is your passion, man. Like these, the this era of uh, of film. You know, I don't even know what do they call this era of film. Is there is there a name for it? Sure. I don't know if there's an, a name for this era, but it's always really cool to listen to you talk about it. Because again, it's 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 something that not a lot of people know about. Even if they've seen these movies, a lot of the insider facts that you know, I would I would guess a good majority of people don't. So it's always cool to hear about it, man. It's good stuff. Yeah, the sixties to seventies were a very different time that. It was a lot of like rebirth in Hollywood because the studio system had ended where they ran and controlled everything. They no longer had control of their own theaters. And right. you saw a lot of different things pop up where you had films that were a little bit more hardcore than they had ever been. And then you eventually got a film student error like um, Lucas and francis ford coppola and spielberg where they were being trained and schooled and coming out and making these very different films that they were finally giving a chance for, for young people to make mm -hmm. you didn't have to like cut your teeth for 40 years at the studio going from <laughs> mail room to bus boy to you know they were giving these young kids who had creative eyes a shot to really shine sure. and you got a lot of different stuff like this that came out of it that you didn't think would ever get made and it's fascinating Truly is, dude. I didn't even know there's a black guy in Conquest, bro. <laughs> it's always good to see. I think he's actually uh he was one of the like more helpful people that was there. Fuck yeah, dude. Conquest is so weird because they tried to build like this futuristic city on a budget. So like the whole future city that the apes are all around is just like all these like shapes and stairwells and weird funky buildings and it's yeah. just like the 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 best attempt they could make with with five bucks <laughs> and it it's very helpful when they finally get to battle because then it's just like back in some jungle and some trees you know what i mean yes yeah it's it just feels like a little more reminiscent. a war zone rather yes, than yeah. yeah got you but I, I i always recommend everyone to watch them all the way through because when you technically think about it like it ends on two and the world blows up and yeah. then they get around and I tell people, like, to me, it's it's almost like a paradoxical circle because they blow the earth up and then we're good to go. But then they go back in time and then the apes take over and then it leads to the society that they have right. in the first movie. And I'm, I'm always thinking to myself, like, did they change something or did they, they just make what happened happen? And then it just circles and circles and circles. Hey, man, it's a canon event. Eventually, the apes will yeah. take over. It know? wrinkles my brain. It is. There's no way yeah. to fight it. There's no way to fight it. They're going to do it. It doesn't matter it's how many. Win. Yeah, no matter how many six foot blonde rip dudes they send back in time. <laughs> Not a Crims Hemsworth looking motherfucker show up. Fucking Chris Pratt. Fucking <laughs> Roddy McDowell will hey, rise Roddy. to power <laughs> at some point in this timeline. Stand up with Puff his bird cage on and say, <laughs> no, no. Go Malfoy looking ass. Now we got the new one, man, which I'm super excited to see. I'm hoping that uh, so it looks really awesome, the trailer at least. So. Dope, man. Yeah, man. Those movies Gosh. are just like peak cinema. It's like, wow. And it blows me away, too, because the idea is so creative, but at one point, there's so many chances for it not to work mm -hmm. because of people might just kind of laugh at it. And sure. then you watch those films, especially those newer films, and you're just like, dude, this is like, yeah, peak cinema. You got apes that don't communicate other than like sign language. Mm -hmm. So it gets you curious about learning sign language. Then you have to read it as if it's a foreign film with subtitles. Yep. So it forces you to put the attention and work in. 
then it has like this stupidly emotional beautiful story and you're just like yo who cooked here like 100 percent, and that's what i'm saying like i think it's going on it is the perfect blend of vfx and cgi artists working with actors and performances like it's it's the perfect blend because it doesn't work without Andy Serkis's performance. You can't just plug in any old actor and be like, oh, the CGI and VFX can take over. Like, they needed his performance to make that look as authentic as it does on screen. And mm-hmm. the other actors that played Koba and the other ones. So it's like, that's what's so beautiful. It's it's like we finally cracked the code of, like, pairing the two mediums where, like, they're one, both are relying on each other to make a good yes. performance rather than some of these movies, especially in like when we got to like the early 2000s or mid 2000s, where it felt like CGI VFX were kind of leading the way, other than what actors were doing. Now it feels True. like we've kind of like matched that blend of like you need both in order to make a like a movie like again that dawn scene, bro. What? And then you like, see like the behind yeah. the scenes of like how Andy Circus's eyes looked, and you're like, you're no, they, they caught it. Like he's straight it, up bro. there with the makeup, yeah. Yeah, just, they it's captured really it, his face. Yeah, and that's why I appreciate Roddy being throughout all these old classics because they weren't just like you know what, let's just throw the makeup and it's more of like a voice. It's like no, like the acting that he does, his face and getting used to like the makeup and perfecting it is what comes through, you mm-hmm. know. And yeah, to to if they were to just animate Caesar and do these other things and then have someone just voice him, it nowhere near the same gravitas that you get when those guys are just on stage absolutely not that's why it's like and it frustrates me that uh andy's never been nominated for the for those performances Ridiculous, bro. it's it's really frustrating for me because i i don't yeah for every every year that one of his movies one of those movies have come out i i can't name four other actors that <laughs> are better than him like or, or at least like I, I i don't say he needs to win every year i forget when those movies came out and who won an Oscar for best actor or whatever those years, but I can guarantee you he's better than four of them. You know what I mean? Like he's, there's not, you can't name five other actors that were better than his performance. I, I, I just don't believe you, you know? So yeah, just watching like the behind the scenes shit for Lord of the Rings and watching him do Gollum, the fact that they didn't have the mocap they have now, but he still went to like set every day and like, you know long thermal underwear and jumped in a freezing river just mm. to get you like a good plate is ridiculous you know like he had a, a dedication and he basically acted a part i mean not was on to not recognize that. walking like an ape <laughs> you're gonna sit here and tell me all day yeah no, 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 it was the cgi shut the fuck up and it blows everything away because now that they've gotten so sophisticated with all that tech mm-hmm. they can not it's not just them you know, I'm a burn avatar here, but it's not like they're fucking doing avatar and they're just on the stage and it looks like a jungle gym. Like, no, like when they're in a, a set in the jungle in the warehouse, whatever, they're on the set. They got all the, yep. the gear on, but they're on set doing a performance too. So you can get everything the way it should be, the height it should be. Exactly. You know what? I don't even want to apologize. I'll roast avatar when I want to. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I, I owe James Cameron absolutely nothing. Um, okay, so here we go. I'm looking right now. So these were, and again, I, I'm, I'm picking one year out of this. Uh, this uh, so, Rise of the Planet of the Apes came out in 2011, mm-hmm. the end of 2011, which means that Andy Serkis would have been eligible for the 2012 Oscars. Okay, 
because they usually Oscars in January, right? February, January, yeah, February, so. something like that, yeah, something like that. Um, and he and the movie came out in August, so he definitely would have been eligible. These are the actors that were nominated for best leading actor: Gene Dujardin, who think won for the artist, Demian oh. Bichar for A Better Life, George Clooney for The Descendants, Gary Oldman for Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, and Brad Pitt for Moneyball. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, you can take George Clooney out of the fucking equation. I love I'm, Clooney. <laughs> You can take yeah. him out. You can take him out for circus. I'm Moneyball is a decent movie. Sure, I, I think I've seen Sinker Taylor, and I do like Gary Oldman, who was also in another Planet of the Apes movie. So. Yeah, that was the year the artist came out. And one thing people know is that uh, old Hollywood people that vote for those awards love films about old Hollywood. Uh, 100%, so it bro. it came through, and it it just basically killed everything that was there. But I guarantee you, there ain't a person listening to this podcast that remembers that film. Absolutely. I don't even know what it's about. And I saw it. it. I saw it once. They basically did a whole like silent picture. Yes. And I've seen it once and don't really remember it. I Not don't remember it. It was all. bad, but still. But I remember no. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I remember that Andy. shit. This yeah. is about Andy, baby. So uh, that's what I'm not gonna go through all of them, but like that's what frustrates me the most is that like the, the Academy just doesn't to this day yeah. just doesn't seem to recognize those performances of of, and how hard they are to pull off like mm -hmm. for uh, for the audience to believe what is is being portrayed takes skill and i i don't know it's it's frustrating dude. i'm glad the game awards have been a little different and they recognize the the work and the motion capture and stuff that they started doing for these games and awarding that you know what i mean because sure, i'm not yeah. i can't play fucking god of war ragnarok and be like yeah don't give him a fucking award you know what i mean yeah no Especially i agree kratos yeah. is dope you know yeah I, I i for game awards like you know for people in gaming those awards mean a lot and for voice actors that are in gaming those mean a lot i, I think it's very interesting because you'll hear about people that like say like oscars don't matter or grammys don't matter and I, I hear what you're saying, but I do think there are a lot of people out there that do strive for those awards. And we can't pretend like they don't. Like, Kanye was really hyped for his Grammy win. <laughs> Eminem, as much as he was like, fuck the Grammys, he showed up for a Grammy win, I think. And he was mad when they gave best rap album to Macklemore. <laughs> right, exactly. And, I, and again, I'm not, I'm not here to say, again, like, it means everything. Obviously, we all know Kendrick Lamar should have won that year. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's... It, when the academy gets it wrong in any aspect of of medium of, of of art medium it's frustrating but it's especially frustrating when they don't recognize mm -hmm. great art um because they don't understand it and i think mm -hmm. that's what's frustrating is like it's it's one thing if you don't win and you were nominated because then it's like all right like they got it wrong but they recognize that you were one of the best of the year or whatever the case may be but if you aren't even recognized and it's not like rise was like a marvel film like it was still like True. Uh, a, a hearted story that was written really well like it wasn't banking on 14 trillion stars it was fucking andy circus and james franco bro like what are we and <laughs> and what's his name john lithgow right isn't he yes, dad? Yeah. yeah so it's like yeah yeah we're looking at like three like you know actors that aren't like are, that are well known but not like blockbuster you know stars you know so i it's frustrating to me. It's so frustrating. Is there a is there an award you'd like to win? What do you mean? Like if I was if I was uh like in a yeah like anything oh, even in the future? Is there a particular award from anything you'd like to win? You getting that egot? 
Oh, yeah, no way. You going across uh, the board? I don't know. I think it would be cool to win something as a either a director or b something in cinematography because i do think mm -hmm. that the cinematography field directing is directing but I, for the small stints i've done in it in college and some of it after with the music videos that i've done it's really hard it's hard to direct it's hard to get a lot of people on the same page it's not fun or so or at least like it's it's fun but it's not like uh it's fucking stressful. Like I, I definitely like. I have a lot of respect for directors because it's like you're. Everyone's uh, success. It, they're all looking at you as mm -hmm. like, when 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 is when is start time? When is when when everything from from I this actor is frustrated with this to the lights are fucked up here. Everyone's looking at you, or at least for the sets I've been. Obviously, once you're a huge director there are other people that are worrying about this other stuff but you know what i mean like they're still like then you got i'm sure they have to worry about what studios want and stuff like that like there's so much involved so mm -hmm. yes but for cinematography i feel like there's such like this ease of like you can be such a well-known cinematography or cin cinematographer and you can still hit up target and no one's gonna know who the fuck you are <laughs> you know what i'm saying like no one yeah. like those dudes are taking their kids to disney yeah. and they have a fucking uh I forget what they're called, the chauffeur person that, like, takes you because you're rich. Yeah. But, like, no one knows why. They're just like, oh, you're probably rich. But they don't know that you're, like, unless you're super into film, you're not going to know, you know? Yeah, the average person is not going to be like, oh, there goes Roger Deakins. He's picking right. up apples. Exactly. Yeah. And I think uh, me growing up, all the plays I did, all that kind of stuff, my mom would get really frustrated because I, I never liked the uh, doing the show. And then the show would end, and then I would have to see everybody. I'd always hated that. I always just wanted to do the show and then go home. Because I don't Facts. like the... Yeah. Oh, my God, Bob. And like, that I don't, was I so wonderful. Yeah, I hate it. So I remember like I would like sit in like uh, the dressing room and wait for a long time. And then like my mom would be like, people are waiting on you. Like, what the fuck? And I'd be like, uh, my shoes. My I gotta, shoes. You know, I. so to me, it's like I've always like wanted to work in this medium. And... I'm glad I'm in the gaming industry and I'm glad I met you who's also into film and hopefully we can make some strides in this industry, but it's like, I've never wanted the anything yeah. in, with an award. I've always wanted it to come with like, no one really knows, but the people that care about film or the people that care about the industry that I'm in, if mm. they know that's cool, but I don't want to be like universe. Cause that, that stresses me the fuck out. I'm already like, I feel like I'm not that anxious, but I'm anxious around like, people like staring at me and stuff like that i don't like that shit you know no nah, that's gonna be weird how about I you need, i guess I what, need... what about you is there any award that you would like like that would be cool the only thing i've ever thought was cool like award wise is the film registry every year the the national film registry they'd pick like 25 pictures and whatnot that they they deem like culturally historically significant etc and then they put it in the Library of Congress for safekeeping. That's the only one I ever thought was cool because it wasn't just like an award that they give you and it's a stat and it's a little trophy that collects dust. Yeah. It's like, no, like we take your, uh, you know, a copy, whatever thing of your film and we literally throw it in the Library of Congress and protect it because we think it's so valuable. And we think it's invaluable and important yeah. enough that people could like preserve it. Sure. Uh, like that's an honor to me. 100%. To get something like that. Do you know the, do you know some of the films that are in that? 
Because I don't even know. Yeah, a lot of cl- that's why I was I was reading it earlier too. The in two thousand one, when fucking Burton did his uh, Planet of the Apes, that's when <laughs> Planet of the Apes got voted into the sixty eight one. Yeah, that's yeah, when God. it got voted into the Congress. You're like, oh, hold on now. Can you, yeah, can you yeah. imagine? So, like, yeah, every, every we don't year want they, anyone they to see this ever round. again. We're taking it away. <laughs> every year they they do a new round of different films and different things like that. And yeah, I always read about a lot of the classic films. I like to kind of see when they were in, inducted or if they sure. have been yet. Yeah, yeah, most of the stuff has been. But I was like, man, that's that's what I think is kind of would be a really cool achievement, you know that's really cool yeah yeah just to have the again the 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 greatest of your peers be like no like we need to make sure that this is yeah. cemented as one of the greatest films of all time you know yeah in case someone burned all dvds like there's still a copy out there somewhere there of it, one, you know yeah. what i mean yeah there's a time capsule this earth goes to shit <laughs> this move someone will be able to find this movie somehow you know and that's really fucking cool i always picture is that twilight zone episode where like he survives the bomb by being in the bank vault because mm. he wanted to read in peace. And then like when the bomb hits, he goes up and everyone's gone and he realizes he's got all that time in the world to just read. Yeah. And the, the irony at the end, the twist is that he breaks his glasses. Oh my God. And gosh, can't so read can't anymore. Read. I always crazy. picture that being me that I get up from the, the uh, explosion and there's no one but i can watch movies all day and just relax but yeah, the but- only like dvds i could find are just like the fucking films i did like despise the most yeah. you know and that's like yeah. the, the the only copy left 100 percent. you just like, like the yeah. last season of lost yeah <laughs> the last season of heroes just like the worst of the worst. The last season of Scrubs. The, the last, last season like, of just The Office. Like, literally last season of That 70s Show. Every, every, the everything worst I've, of everything. The Spies, yeah. Yeah. You just Avatar have, like, 2. Yeah, Avatar 2. Just M. like. Shyamalan. Sequels that you like, like Disney sequels that like Aladdin yeah. 2, Hercules, like the straight to DVD ones. Return of like, Jafar. Return of Jafar. Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants 2. I don't even know if you liked the first one, but yeah, the I've second one. Never you know? seen that show, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Mama Mia, <laughs> two. <laughs> you just have Jingle All the Way, two. Larry two. the Cable Guy, The Mask, two yeah. with Jamie Kennedy. Oh, good. You know what I'm saying? Lord, yeah. Just like oh, you're just sitting there. Godzilla, two. You have you have Matthew snacks Broderick. on deck. You have snacks on deck. Unlimited snacks. It's just you by yourself. And yep. it's just like, wow, I get to watch all these movies. And it's just <laughs> shitty films. <laughs> the Last Jedi. <laughs> just The Last Jedi. Yeah, exactly. Just Batman vs. Superman. <laughs> Sorry, Tyler. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, man. Dude. Just 40 minutes of deleted scenes of Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. Oh, my gosh dude i'm sweating at this point i got too many jokes for this that would be tough that would be tough um anyway man <laughs> it reminds me of the simpsons i'm so hungry i can eat at arby's wow Ooh, wow <laughs> wow he really is hungry that boy will watch anything yeah i'm so hungry Shit. i can eat at arby's <laughs> that's gonna be wow. stuck on your head bro yeah <laughs> there's so many jokes to that like <laughs> And it's just so oh, disrespectful to Arby's because Arby's ain't even that bad. People know. Uh, but anyway, man, out. final thoughts. Final thoughts on on apes. Anything we've I've, talked about today. Honestly. My final thoughts are um, 
We'd love it if you go out and check out more of these classics as we've covered different ones over the time. But if you're going to check out these classics, like go full, bro. Go full yeah, throttle man. Charlie's Angels. Oh, there's another one. And uh, <laughs> watch the five. Watch the five and do yourself a favor. Because if you're at least a fan of the new ones, go back and check out the classics. Because you will see a lot of references that were subtly made that you didn't catch. Sure. And that Caesar Trill. And uh, yeah, look forward to us talking about just the Caesar Trill coming up, baby. 100%. Yeah. Now, for me, I agree with Dylan, man. I, these, I think you, when you come to this podcast, you get two different perspectives. You get like Dylan's perspective of, um, yeah, these older films. You get my perspective of like films that we watched growing up that were relevant, that were new when we were growing up, obviously, um, but are old now. Um, yeah. And I think that it's always cool to just experience um films that are older because a lot of these films if if we're recommending them to you it's it's for a reason it's not because like oh it's cool in this one scene like it, it genuinely is a good movie throughout it's not just for a couple bits so yeah if you have a chance please do yourself a favor especially if you have yes if you've seen the 1968 one that's great but yeah but like i have to finish watching the last two because i've seen the first three for sure but I still have to finish the last two, and from what Dylan has shown me, uh, I definitely need to see. No, some how stuff. fucking R- Roddy McDowell. Yo, he's absolute champion of these things. Because if there's anything we've learned today, is that Roddy McDowell will always be there. <laughs> Every day, every in day in makeup, and when this world goes to shit, Roddy McDowell will be back. <laughs> He will and, be back. And I believe it. I believe that whole He will crush these peasants beneath his hairy toes. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure after every closing shot of the new Planet of the Apes, they were like, and let's just just let's just do one more for Roddy. Crossfade. Crossfade into Roddy. Crossfade. Crossfade. Roddy. They're gonna bring him back. They're gonna bring him back on the AI. Kyle, oh no, don't do that to him, man. Don't do that to him. Just respect you know, the man's legacy. Respect him. I just need one shout out to Roddy. That's all I need, baby. All I need. Anyway, man, it's been Cam. It's been Dylan. And this has been Extra Butter. Have a great uh, day, guys. We'll catch you in the next one, man. It's Christmas season. Get get excited. Get excited. Get excited. Later. You don't need one. Mr. Green. (laughs) Goodbye, guys.